0: verses 13 to 18. Is any one of you in trouble? You should pray. Is anyone happy? Sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? Call the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make you well. The Lord will raise you up. If you have sinned, you will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was human just as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, it's a privilege to be here this morning and to be the first person to preach in this venue. And uh, I want us to look together at this theme of worship through our words, what we say. Let's just pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word written and we thank you for the Lord Jesus, the word incarnate and we pray that all that I say now And our lives, day by day, might reflect the character of the Lord Jesus and bring glory to him. We ask it in his name. Amen. Thirty years ago, I was a Christian minister in London. And recently, someone reminded me of something I had said in a sermon all those years ago, I didn't remember it. And I have to say I don't remember now what it was he reminded me of. (coughs) So many words are soon forgotten, aren't they? But I also have vivid memories of things I said even 40 years ago which I wish I had never said words that were hurtful to somebody else, and words of which I am still ashamed as I remember them. I'm sure you have similar memories of things you have said, or things that have been said to you. Our reading earlier, uh, our reading that Ruth gave, was from the letter of James. And James has a lot to say about words and the words we speak and how we speak. Listen to what he says in chapter 3. I'm going to read some verses from the message. James says, It takes only a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary, says James. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame the tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. On this Remembrance Sunday, as we think back to wars in the past and the thousands, even the millions who have died, we can think of the way in which words have stirred up hatred and war the Nuremberg rallies at which Hitler spoke so powerfully and eloquently in ways that would stir up a nation to war. Now thankfully our words are not always words like that that do damage, but even our own words Sometimes can be like that. We're taken off guard. We say something regrettable, something damaging and destructive. We react to a situation where somebody does something to us. Maybe we're out driving and we don't care much for how somebody else has driven or pulled out in front of us or cut us up in some way. And what comes out of our mouth? Or maybe somebody has said something to us which has just stirred up a fire in us and we just want to get back at them. Or to defend ourselves. And we say words quickly and thoughtlessly which are damaging. And think later, where on earth did that come from? Listen to what James goes on to say. Writing to early Christians, Christians years ago, he says to them, with our tongues we bless God our Father. With the same tongues we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? As we gather as a church today, our mouths are filled with praise of God. We've praised God with our songs. We've come before him in prayer. And those of us who lead or preach speak words which are filled with a the wonder of God, we speak to you of all that God has done, and your hearts are moved. Or maybe in your own homes, as here, you come before God in prayer, pouring out your thanksgiving, or earnestly praying for situations, with prayer like that of Elijah that may move the very heart of God. But how is your tongue used on Monday when you're not in this situation? What kinds of things occupy your speech then? Or when you're in very different company? The purpose of this series on whole life worship is to remind us that God's word calls us to a worship that occupies every part of our life not just when we're met here on a Sunday. Every part of our lives is to be offered to God as an act of worship and is to glorify him. Do you remember the passage from Colossians that Paul was speaking on two weeks ago? The passage ended with these words from Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In other words, every word that we speak is to be spoken in the name of Christ and in a spirit of thanksgiving. How do we speak to one another? not just in church, but in the home, in our neighbourhoods, when we're out with others, maybe engaged in sport or watching it, when we're down the pub, what occupies our conversation then? How do we speak? Is every word we speak part of a life offered to God? as an act of worship to him. Jesus says, it's recorded of him in Matthew's Gospel, I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the Day of Judgment for every empty word they have spoken. It's a frightful thought, isn't it? For by your words you'll be acquitted, by your words You'll be condemned. Praise God for Christ and his atoning work and the forgiveness we have in him. Otherwise, these would be terrifying words. It is. But words can do great harm, can't they? They can be hurtful and destructive. Don't believe that old saying, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. It's not true. Words can be deeply hurtful and damaging. You may remember words you've spoken that have hurt another. And I guess most of us can remember words that have been spoken to us, that have been deeply hurtful to us, and we find difficult to forget. We need to be careful then, how we speak. But praise God, words can also heal. They can also bless. They can bring encouragement to to others. They can do others good, just as hurtful words do the work of the devil. So words of encouragement and blessing do the work of God and of his kingdom. Ensure then that those are your words. Paul in Colossians says this. It was brought to us by Anita in our prayer meeting this week. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Ensure that every word you speak is a gracious word. Is part of your worship of God. Part of the way you serve him is building his kingdom. One 19th century commentator says this of this this verse. Christian speech is not to be insipid, it's to be sprinkled with salt, seasoned with salt, not insipid, insipid, far less corrupt, but it is to possess that hallowed pungency, it's a lovely phrase, hallowed pungency, which shall excite interest in the inquirer, and that preservative flavor which may influence for good the mind and heart of those who, not knowing Christ, are disposed to put questions to members of the church. Our conversation, our words in every situation are to be attractive and to bring blessing to those around us. In her wonderful novel, Gilead, Marilyn Robinson has the elderly and godly Presbyterian minister say, I always feel that writing is like praying. Wonderful thought. I always feel that writing is like praying. I want to suggest to you this morning that our speech should always be like praying in every context because we always speak before God who hears every word and we who are Christians bear the name of Christ We are therefore to speak as those who are owned by him, his representatives. It's like praying. We speak to bless those we serve. We pray for them. And we speak words of blessing to them. One final word in closing. Maybe you end up thinking, gosh, that's a big demand. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. It's safer to say nothing at all. Well, that too is wrong, isn't it? Because we're called to be those who bring blessing. We have to speak up. Not necessarily always to be speaking explicitly of Christ, but always to be speaking in his name as those who are his representatives, bringing something of the savour of heaven, as it was mentioned in that video, the savour or flavour of heaven, into our conversation here on earth. Doing good to those to whom we speak. May God help us to act like that this week and to be full of words which bring blessing to those around us.